and welcome back to another episode of Cowboys Chat with Shap. I'm Zach Schaphorst. With me is Vinny Tadero. And the Cowboys end their regular 2023 season on the opposite note of how they ended their 2022 season, this time beating Washington handily 38-10 to after losing by 20 last year. And now they will face the Green Bay Packers at home. The fact that we won was all that we need to clinch the number two seed and and get a get first our first two games played at home, which I think is a big deal. So I don't want to talk a whole lot about this particular game. I, I will say I was I was impressed at how well we played on the road, even though it is a bad Washington team, a team that yes. really needed to lose for seeding. Like they want the number two pick so they can get one of those quarterbacks that are coming out this year. But still on the road, how we played last year against Washington, I was I was still happy at, at how we how we ended things. But I did want to talk to start at least a little bit about the season as a whole. As I've said before, it was almost it was the exact record that I predicted, 12 and 5. It was almost identical to how I predicted the all the games would go with the exception really of just the Cardinals game. The Jets game I would have predicted differently if I knew Rodgers wasn't playing. So that Arizona Cardinals game kind of looms large as like the one really unexpected thing to me at least that happened all year. And looking back to my kind of preseason impressions and predictions, a big question I had was how the offense would look under Mike McCarthy. And while there were definitely growing pains, it really has hit a stride. And, and Dak Prescott, unquestionably, and I've seen people wow. saying, oh, Dak's had, he's finally back to. No, 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 no! Don't, don't give me this. Dak is back to where he once was, or, or anything. This is Dak's best season by a long shot. I said this on the first episode I ever put out. What I view as an elite quarterback, a guy that's worth paying top, top money, because if you don't have that elite quarterback, you might as well just roll the dice and, and go for a rookie on a rookie deal. That elite quarterback is a guy who is grading at an 88 PFF grade. And Dak was always kind of on the cusp, but not really even that close. And this year he finally broke there. He, he was, I think, 89.8 passing grade, second best in the NFL, number one in EPA, number two in QBR. Like, I don't think he will, but I think he deserves, I think, at the, if you look at the season as a whole that he had, he deserves to be the most valuable player. I think Lamar Jackson will win it, and for you know we can talk about the the important games because I think Lamar has that factor. He he played well against the Niners and the Dolphins, but I think if you're looking at the season as a whole and you're not putting weight to certain games, Dak Prescott deserved to be the MVP, but. I don't agree. You're entitled to. Who would, who would you have as the MVP? 
I would definitely have Lamar Jackson. There are just too, there are too many important losses and too many games where they just did the offense just didn't put up enough points. Uh, the defense held its own and the offense didn't put up enough points. He was terrible against San Francisco. Um, and then Miami and uh, Detroit, the offense didn't didn't just didn't produce enough, uh, considering the weapons that he has around him. And uh, I, I don't view him as. Uh, a Troy Aikman type with a rocket arm and great accuracy. Um, and uh, I don't view him as somebody who can really make uh, tight passes on a consistent enough basis for me to say that he's elite. Um, I think he benefited from a cupcake schedule this year. And I think that's something that we should be very concerned about going into the playoffs because they lost to Miami. They nearly lost to Seattle. Um, they, nearly lost to Detroit. Um, well, we th- only beat is, uh, Seattle and Detroit because of Dak. And and Detroit, I mean, Dak can't control CD Lamb fumbling out of barely. the end zone. Right, sure. But, again, that, that fumble out of the end zone, that was not on Dak. And the, you know, at the end, the refs calling the tripping penalty that, you know, th- there were factors that made it close that had nothing to do with Dak. I think also the play calling didn't help him in that one. And then the Seattle game, I mean, that was just a terrible defensive performance, and the offense was pretty much flawless in that game. I, I would say there have been games, and, and watch this Washington game, I, I didn't watch a whole lot of the first half. I, I watched pretty much all the second. But watching the highlights, it didn't seem like, and, and the PFF numbers, it didn't seem like Dak had to make a lot of tight the window Cardinals throws. game, he was awful. That's... True. He was also missing three starters on the O-line in that one. That but, doesn't matter. They played without two starters this time. Right. Sure, sure. But I, I would say, I mean, this was the year, this was Dak's best year in terms of both his high, his, well, his big-time throws and his fewest percentage of turnover-worthy pl- throws. That was, I think, a little close <laughs> to his rookie year, but... It may be his best year overall. I think, I think it's, it's debatable, easily, but it may be. Uh, I, I think it was easily his best year. Easily, to me. I mean, uh, but it, it, of course, will depend on how he plays in the in the postseason, the sum of the total season. But I would say his regular season, that, that's all I can say for now, easily his best season, in my mind. And C.D. Lamb had an even better season. Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. I mean, I mean, you could say CeeDee Lamb. I mean, receiver is one of those positions where I don't think you really need too many crazy next-gen stats to see how a guy did. It's yards, catches, I, I think drops can be helpful. And CeeDee Lamb didn't have many drops. He had 135 catches and wow. I think maybe three drops on the year. Um, yeah, I mean, his that's- season... That's he led the NFL, right? Didn't he beat out Tyreek oh, yeah. Hill? Easily. I, mean, I think Tyreek Hill might have got him in yards, yards, but it was very close. And considering how Tyreek Hill started, it's pretty incredible that he even came anywhere close. But, yeah, I mean, he ended with de- by far the most catches of anyone in the NFL. And, and you look at the splits— They've talked about this, and I think they talked about it on the broadcast, where from the 49ers game on, 
where basically after that game, he told Mike McCarthy in the most respectable way, give me the damn ball. From that point on, so I think it was the final 12 games of the year, he, 12 games of the year, he had, I think it was 101 catches for 1,380 yards yeah. and maybe nine of his touchdowns, something like that. Yeah. So, you know, you, you he had a he had a turnaround. I mean, he yeah. he definitely you know found his stride there uh, toward the middle of the season. As did Dak. You know, Dak Dak started playing better when they they, they signed the the guy from San Francisco. So make what you want of that. They Which didn't guy sign that guy from San Francisco to be a third stringer his entire career. He's oh, Lance. over yeah, five million dollars. Yeah, Trey Lance. He's over over five million dollars for next season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So CLN had five drops. I, I was wrong, but that's right, compared to Tyreek Hill had nine drops and and right. sixteen fewer catches. So yeah, I, I, I would agree. CD Lamb. I, I still think Mike Parsons was our best player, but CD Lamb was our best offensive player. Um, and then I would probably say Dak, Deron Bland, Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, we had a lot of really impressive performances this season. There's no doubt. I mean, we won handily the majority of the time. We had a, a great point differential, which is which is a really good leading indicator. It's the opposite of the you know lose win by one score type of thing. Which is what the Eagles were doing early in the season, yeah. Which right. is what the Giants did last year, yep. yeah. Yep. And, and yeah, looking back, it's funny because a lot of people thought the Giants were good. There are people that thought the Giants were going to be better than the Cowboys. And in my, yeah. I, I predict all the game, all, all the teams, final records, and also like a range of outcomes. I got the Cowboys right. I almost got the Eagles. If they could have just beaten the Giants, I would have been right with them. But the Giants, I thought I was being conservative, giving them a seven to nine win range. And they didn't even get that. They got six wins. But, yeah, the Giants are not just not a very good team. And they weren't the year before. And they still won nine games. And they're going to lose Saquon Barkley. Probably. They fired their defensive coordinator, which I think is a huge overreaction. Because did they do I think that he already? did a great job. Yeah. I, I don't know if they it was, like, fired or he decided. But he's no longer with them is the bottom line. Right. And, honestly, if... There are rumors that Dan Quinn. I know you don't think Dan Quinn's going to leave, but rumors Dan Quinn might might be gone. I if we if he leaves, I would snatch Win Martindale in the second because what he did for the Giants the last two years is pretty remarkable with the lack of talent that they have. Um, but yeah. Uh, any other final thoughts on the season before we jump into this first round playoff matchup, Vinny? Well, I'd just like to talk about the game yesterday. I mean, I, I wouldn't. I, it was yeah. good that we won. It was good that uh, you know it gives you some positive momentum. Um, some, some, uh, you know, Dak Prescott and uh, Ceedee Lamb and Micah Parsons all ended leading the league in various categories. Yeah. Um, we we seem to to not miss a beat with T.J. Bass and Hoffman in the yeah. lineup instead of Zach Martin and Tyler Smith. Um, I don't know if that means that those guys are overrated or, or that these, guys, these young guys have some potential. Um, but uh, it certainly, um, you know, uh, it, it, was, it was certainly what, exactly what you wanted to see. Maybe we can get T.J. Bass 
into a starting role and move Tyron's, uh, uh, Tyler Smith to left tackle next year, although I know yeah. you want to hang on to Tyron Smith, and if he comes back for one year, five million with incentives, um, I'd be in favor of that, but we, you know, Tyler Smith does play a little bit better at left tackle. Um, yeah. They did have running, they're not running the ball. I mean, and that's, so one thing I do want to say is that they have got to turn Dak, they've got to have three or four plays a game where he has the option or it's designated that he run the ball because Pollard is not getting the job done. Maybe Dowdle could do better, um, but you know Pollard and the O-line not getting the job done on the ground. I read the box score. Again, Tony Pollard, 17 carries, 70 yards. That's about four yards a carry. Um, that's not the Tony Pollard that we're used to. It's not the Tony Pollard that we paid, what, over $10 million for. Um, serious question heading into the offseason. I don't know what the hell to do with the guy. I really don't. Um, but I'm not paying him $10 million again. No, um, definitely not. And I don't think anybody's going to. Um, but uh, I, I think that, uh, that, that the center position needs to be upgraded and um, that uh, – they need to draft a running back, um, you know, fair, at least fairly early, not the first round, but they need to do it fairly early. And um, I was happy for Deron Bland. He led the league in interceptions, yeah. nine interceptions. And great interceptions. I'm glad, I'm glad Gilmore seems to be okay. Yes. Um, oh, that I, feel, I, felt, I felt very bad for Brandon Aubrey, who was perfect, and then he had one blocked. I really don't know why they consider those misses because – I think most of the time it's because somebody missed a block rather than the kicker kicked the ball too low or screwed up. But I know they, they consider it a miss. And then what you know couldn't argue with was the one that I mean just another another two feet to the right and he would have had it. You know yeah. he hit the damn upright. But I think he's going to be fine for the playoffs. And he bounced back Made yesterday another. with a long field goal. Yeah. Um, so it was an enjoyable game to watch. What really made it really enjoyable for me was that I was at a restaurant where there weren't a lot of people, so there was not, not much noise, nobody to bother me, um, and the big screen, and on the big screen to the left was the Giants pummeling the Eagles, <laughs> and this Eagles team, I don't, I don't understand what the hell happened, but they are in a tailspin of tailspins, and the, the Philly media is calling for Sirianni to be fired, yeah. fans are calling for him to be fired. See, that's one of the things that's different, I used to say, about the Philly and the New York media versus the Dallas media is they're, they're, they're much tougher up here. Yeah. You know, if this was Dallas, they'd be saying, oh, well, Dallas can turn it on for the playoffs. They were just saving their, they were saving their best for the playoffs or whatever, you know, or they did, you know, but, you know, down there, you know, but, um, but uh, they're calling for Sirianni to be fired. And I've heard it's a divided locker room. i not enough of an Eagles fan to really look into it, but I, I've just been stunned each week at what I see out of that team ever since we beat their asses. Yeah, well, I think the 49ers game was really the... But the week before that happened was the tipping point. But yeah, no, I think Philly... And they're injured too. I mean, Jalen Hurts hit his yeah. middle finger on helmet... A.G. Brown got hurt. It sounds like he'll be all right. But, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they, they lost to Tampa Bay. I I've, I know some Eagles fans— Oh, they're going to lose to Tampa Bay. 
I don't think it's a, a foregone conclusion. Not because I think the Eagles are good. I just don't think Tampa is very good either. Like, Baker Mayfield had a terrible game against the Carolina Panthers just this last week. But then again, the Eagles' defense is truly horrendous. Like, that that's the biggest thing. I, I actually think this—I don't know if this is a hot take or not. I think Jalen Hurts— is kind of playing the same as he did last year. For for bet, I told this to my grandpa. I was an Eagles fan a few days ago. Whatever you think of Jalen Hurts before this season, you should think of him the same after. If you think he sucks, okay, he still sucks. If you think he was really good, okay, he had some worse breaks. This like he had last year. He had an insane amount of turnover turnover luck where he had like six interceptions and 14 turnover-worthy plays. This year is the opposite. It was like the exact same. But yeah, I I think it's got to be a coaching thing with them because, especially on offense, because Jalen Hurts, I think, is throwing the ball fine. They've still got one of the best O-lines in football, and yet they're just not doing anything. And then their defense is just a turnstile. I mean, Kyler Murray gashed them and and I think the week before I I didn't put this together at the time the immediate week prior to Kyler Murray looking like Johnny Unitas against the Philadelphia Eagles defense they put up 17 points against the Chicago Bears defense like it's not like this is a offense in Arizona that had been gashing people routinely. Like right. this, a and then the Giants this past week making Tyrod Taylor look like a superstar. So, yeah, I would I would say probably Tampa Bay will win, but I could see it going either way. Just because I th- this game reminds me of the Vikings Giants game last week in the playoffs, where like it doesn't really matter who's who wins because neither of them is going to go any further they're just not two not very good teams and that's it they just happen to be playing each other if they were playing just about anyone else they would both lose that that's kind of how i look at it but i will say one thing to, to your to, to one thing you said I think Tony Pollard, I thought he actually played very well yesterday in spite of the O-line. He ran the ball, and and the big thing, you know, trying to separate individual versus the O-line, yards per carry after contact. For the majority of the season, Pollard has been significantly worse at that, but he has gotten better toward the end of the season. And in this yeah. game, he, aver- he averaged like 3.6 yards per carry after contact against the Commanders. And that that's right where he was the last few years. Overall for the season, he's more like 2.9, which is not right. great. And I don't think... I mean, the, we'll, commanders were, the Commanders were listless. Maybe, but, but I mean, he's still, having to, he's still having to overcome guys contacting him. But yes, I mean, they definitely were. There, there's no doubt. I think Tony Pollard, what happens with him ultimately is really going to depend on how we do in the playoffs. Because the Packers, as we'll start to talk about this matchup, the Packers do not have a very good run defense. He should they have, have success. Offense. They, 
They do. They have a good running back. They have a very good running back in Aaron Jones, and he has played extremely well the last three games. Their offensive line is not a great run block. I mean, it's kind of a similar, honestly, it's kind of a similar dynamic to ours, especially at the towards the end of the season, where I think Pollard has gotten better, and the O-line's blocking, specifically for run blocking, has been just not very good at all. I think both teams, the Cowboys and the Packers, their O-lines are better in pass protection than they are blocking for the run. And I think that, and one thing, and again, it's it's Washington, so take it for what it's worth. This was probably our best game of the entire season in terms of total one-technique play. Jonathan Hankins came back, had his best game of the year, Mozzie Smith had a decent game, one of his best games of the year. So, and the Green Bay Packers O-line, it's definitely stronger on the on the tackle spots than on the interior. Their center is the weak link. Uh, I don't know his first That's name. A problem. Yeah, yeah, their center's weak, and one of their guards is pretty bad too, Runyon. Uh, I remember his dad, John Runyon, for the Eagles, yeah. was, good. Yeah, was good. His yeah. son's not so much. Um, so that's where I don't think the Packers are going to have success running up the middle on us. I think they're going to try and get to the edges, but I, I trust our defense to, with the speed, it's, it's the straight power right up the gut that has given us trouble in the past. And and I don't think the Packers are going to gash us in that regard. I'm, I'm sure I, I'm guessing it'll be like the lions game where they, you know, ran it a lot. They got their yards, but it was, you know, fairly inefficient for four flat yards yeah. per carry. And yeah. I think that works well with for us if that's the case. But the the thing I want to talk about with the Packers is Jordan Love. This is Jordan Love's first season as a starter. It's worth mentioning Jordan Love as well as everyone he's throwing the ball with uh, throwing the ball to with the exception of his running backs has no playoff experience. Like, this is a extremely untested yeah. playoff offense. De- defensively is another story, but and they've got some offensive linemen that were there when Rodgers uh, took them to the championship game. Aaron Jones was there. But every receiver and tight end that Jordan Love is throwing to and Jordan Love has never seen playoff action. And, and I think on the road, that is going to play a factor. They, Jordan Love, there's no question he's played extremely well down the stretch. Uh, from Thanksgiving on, he is the number one grading quarterback in PFF. And wow. he has, you know, his like, however you slice it, his stat line looks really good. He's had some a little bit of turnover luck, but... He's playing at an extremely high level. There's no doubt. That said, he hasn't really played anyone very good outside of, I would say, Kansas City. That That's probably his most impressive performance. He did play well on Thanksgiving against Detroit. I, I don't think Detroit's secondary is very good. Um, but Kansas City, their yeah. secondary is very good. I don't think they're as good of a defense as we are, but they are one of the better defenses in the NFL. And he played one of his best games against them. The other side of the ball, so I'm guessing Jordan Love will play 
decently well. The, the big thing is, if he does make mistakes, which I'm sure he will in his first playoff start against a really tough defense that rushes the passer better than any team in the NFL, we have to take advantage of them. We can't be dropping interceptions. If the ball is loose, we got to fall on it. We're all about turnovers. This team is very turnover dependent. Yep. And, and we did slow down toward the end of the uh, end of the year a little bit in that regard, but still, you know, we're well, able to win. Sacks. You know, we need strip sacks. Yeah. And I think we're and one one really positive thing in the last two games is the fact that we got really good play finally out of Donovan Wilson. He's yep. suddenly <laughs> playing better than he's ever played these last two games. And Jordan Lewis. Jordan Lewis yep. has had a very odd season where he's gotten like these random bouts of like just stripping the ball. Like he is, I think, has the most forced fumbles of anyone on our team. Well, and, he's playing for a contract. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you know, combine that with Jerron Bland and Stefan Gilmore, who thank God he's playing because I did not want to see Nation Wright or no. Oh, you don't like number 25? No, he actually, he, I told uh, my buddy Tim when Duran Bland intercepted Sam Howell, I told him that to throw to Duran Bland's side when Nation Wright is on the field is yeah. like picking a fight with Muhammad Ali when your choices were you could fight Muhammad Ali or Milhouse from The Simpsons and you chose Ali. <laughs> um, so that's... It gives you an idea of what I think of Nation, right? Um, but but yeah, I, I, I think Sam Howell. Yeah, right, right. But I think our secondary is, especially with these guys playing better. I would still like to see more Wanya Thomas than Jaron Curse. But even besides that, I think our secondary has played a lot better since the Miami Dolphins game, and Miami has players that no one else does. The Packers, they've got these young, talented receivers. These guys have who have caught on later. Uh, D, I don't know his first name. Wicks is one of them. He caught two touchdowns. And then I think it's Jalen Reed who had another big game. He's probably their best receiver at this point. Um, and then they still got Romeo Dobbs. I don't know if Christian Watson's playing. He, he was the guy that lit yeah, us on fire. Yeah. I remember him. Yeah. And, and honestly, he's he's not definitely not their most like consistently reliable receiver, but he is probably the one that scares me the most just because he's capable of what he did last year. He's he's a tall guy, he's very fast and I think the other guys are kind of like scrappy and okay. So it sounds like he's up in the air, um, but no one, no one that that I really fear. The Reed, Dobbs, Wicks, like none of those guys give me a real scare. That our guys can't handle it. And that there's no Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle. They're a pretty good pass blocking team. Yeah. I still think the center and Runyon are the guys that if you want to put Micah on someone for a mismatch, those are the guys you attack. But the the offensive tackles are both pretty good. And um, 
And the other guard is pretty good, El Elton Jenkins. So, yeah, overall, it's a pretty decent pass-blocking team. But it's not, it's not the Eagles. It's not the Lions. Like, we've done well against better pass-blocking teams. That's, that's the thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I, ultimately, I think that... And then, so that's, that's the offensive side of the ball. They're, you know, Love is playing really well. No question, but I don't think he's played anyone as good as us, and I don't think their receivers, like if there's any, you know, if Watson plays, sure, I could see him having a deep touchdown. Outside of that, I think their biggest threat, and the guy that I would be worried about the most is Aaron Jones on like a screen pass, or maybe sneaking one through in the run, but... Yeah, their their main receivers that have been playing and playing well don't really scare me. On the other side of the ball, it's interesting because up until like three weeks ago, I was comparing their defensive coordinator to Matt Canada, of who was fired mid-season by the Steelers. And that, that was like the first time in 100 years or 90 years that the Steelers... And their franchise history have ever fired a coach midseason. That's how bad this guy was. And Joe Barry, the Packers defensive coordinator, was just as bad on the defensive side. Like he's similar in in what's going on with the Steelers, where the Packers have some good players on their defensive side of the ball. They just weren't playing well as a unit. And when that happens, generally you gotta put put that on the coach. And the last two weeks they've played a lot better, and and I think part of that has to be that they've got uh, Jair. Well, Jair Alexander, he's their best cornerback, and he was out most of the year, but he did come back. His first game back was against the Carolina Panthers, who are the worst team in the NFL. The Packers gave up thirty. To the Carolina Panthers. That was uh, Bryce Young's best game of his rookie season. And then and then I think he missed the next game and he played against the Bears, Jair Alexander. But they have played well these last two weeks. They, they played well against the Minnesota Vikings, who had a rookie quarterback for the mo majority of the game. And then they played well against the Chicago Bears with Justin Fields. So it's similar with with Jordan Love. Like, did did they actually turn a corner, or are they just beating up on shitty offenses? I'm guessing it's probably more of the latter because it's still the same defensive coordinator. I think getting Jair Alexander back helps because their other corners are absolute garbage, and he is he is good. But last year we played them, and and Ceedee Lamb had a very good game against Jair Alexander. I think he had a long touchdown against him. He caught like eight passes for 83 yards, something like that. So he's their best corner, but he's still, I, I don't think he shuts down CeeDee Lamb by any means. And and I don't think that defense, even though they've got some player, they've got good some good defensive linemen, but we should be able to kind of have our way with that defense, I, I think. I don't think their defensive core... And 
we haven't, it's been 30 minutes and we haven't even talked about one of the biggest storylines, which I don't know how, how much this plays into it, but Mike McCarthy playing against his old team or coaching against his old team. It's his second time. First time didn't go well, but. I'm drum. Yeah. Maybe, a, maybe it doesn't matter at all, but. Um, I guess in, in in general, the Packers they have, do, they have they changed since he left. The Packers? Yeah, have they changed systems? Defensively I mean, or I'm, offensively? I'm wondering, you know, I'm wondering what Mike McCarthy oh, might oh, I see. know about them. You know, I see or, what you mean. But he's been gone yeah. a long time. Yeah, no, no. There, there's, I don't think there's any kind of like knowledge-based edge that McCarthy will give us. I mean, maybe... He probably knows some of the players. Like, he coached Aaron Jones. He coached some of the defensive linemen. Um, I don't think David Bakhtiari's playing, but some probably some of the O-linemen. Um, I think he was gone. I think they, they fired him right before they drafted... Um, Jordan Love, so he didn't didn't coach Jordan Love, but yeah, I, I don't think he he has any kind of firsthand knowledge of what they're doing schematically. I think if anything, he probably know he definitely knows some of the players, and, and maybe that helps. But I'm thinking more of like you know the Cowboys, you know, getting fired up to win one for the the head coach against his old team or something well, like that. I think the Cowboys are going to be very fired up for this game. I think they're sick and tired of choking in the playoffs. I think that they feel that this is their year. There was a commitment from management, um, a pretty good one. Had its, certainly had its problems, but pretty good one to making this um, their most successful season in a long time. I think the players are, are, are fired up about this too. Um, so, you know, for those reasons, the Packers up and down this year, it does seem like they're, you know, they hit their stride at the right time, but I just don't feel, you know, uh, and, and this is kind of, uh, uh, you know, getting to a question I know you were going to ask me, but I, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Dallas in this one. Yeah. Home field. I think that they, I think that there's got, they've got a lot of fire uh, in them uh, to 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 do well in the playoffs, especially after two years of getting embarrassed. Yeah. And um, now this year, I think, isn't it possible that they could play all three games at home? I mean, the yeah. Forty Niners would lose. We, we would lose need, before. yeah, the Forty Niners would have to lose, but yeah, it is possible. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think. I was thinking about this. I, I just watched this when I was a kid. My parents got me this VHS tape uh, called the NFL is a Sports Illustrated NFL 1994 Insider. So it was a season preview of the 1994 NFL season. And it reminds me, and, and it's funny because a lot of the stuff they got completely wrong. A lot of a lot of things they got right too, but 
they're talking about the Green Bay Packers, who would pretty quickly become a top contender, and they're like, you know, just talking about Brett Favre being so inconsistent and kind of the team, the team follows him, basically. Like, if he's playing amazingly, the team plays yeah, amazing, yeah. and vice versa. This Packers, current Packers team, reminds me a little of, like, the early Brett Favre Packers. And, and well, similar, yeah. similarly, too, like, that 93-94 that season where it's like the Packers are kind of the speed bump on the way to the real matchup everyone wants, which is Cowboys 49ers in the championship game. There's some similarities there. But, yeah, I, I think the... The combination of we've got some really good young players